0: Hey guys, how's it going? Dr. LeHue here. Welcome. Glad you're uh, visiting my channel. And today we're going to talk about the high side and the low side of type one, or what you might say, the paths of integration. Um, the what they look like under stress, what they look like when they're relaxed, what they look like when they're healthy, what they look like when they're unhealthy. There's a lot of ways to talk about this, but uh, I think the high side, low side, or um, you know, is a good way of thinking about it. All of us go from time to time between our high side and our low side. Um, I like to think of it kind of like this, that, you know, each one of us lives in a cabin and um, we live on the cabin, you know, uh, and, and that's, our, that's our Enneagram type or our number. So, for example, today we're talking about type one, they live in the one cabin and next to them on either side are their neighbors. On one side, there's the nine and on the other side, there's the two and the one can borrow from their neighbors Um, they can borrow the um, you know the laid back uh, characteristics of the nine they can relax when um, you know and not take everything so seriously not take themselves so seriously when they need to Um, they can lean on that neighbor whenever they need to borrow from that neighbor but that's not where they live they live in the one cabin they can lean over to the neighbor, you know, uh, the, the number two, and they can pick up some of those characteristics when they need to. Um, you know, being helpful, using their goodness and their attention to detail to benefit other people's lives, to be helpful to other people, and to step up to the plate and give um, their resource away and their strength away to others and you'll find that each of us we tend to lean more on one neighbor than the other or depend more on one neighbor than the other but we can all learn to you know become comfortable depending on both neighbors and then when you know things get uh, really bad and they get under stress they go down to the bottom of the hill where the outhouse is and they um, you know they go to for the one they go to the four and they pick up, you know, kind of the worst characteristics or the negative characteristics of the four. Um, and they, they just need to observe themselves that that's where they're at. They don't need to stay there in that outhouse. Um, and then they can go back up to their cabin, back up to, to their, uh, their, uh, their normal place of life when they're doing great you know and they're feeling like everything's going great they can go up to the top of the hill where the orchard is and in this case for the one that would be the seven and they can pick from the fruit you know of of the seven and some of the best characteristics of the seven but they don't live there and they'll go back to the one and that's their normal place of operation but today we want to talk about those paths of integration down to the outhouse and up to the up to the uh, apple orchard okay so let's talk about the one. The one, of course, you know, is the type that is dedicated to doing the right thing, um, being a good person, being understood and perceived to be a good person, uh, attention to details, sometimes called the perfectionist or the reformer. This person is an anger type, and they are, you know, an obvious anger type in that they get frustrated. Um, I'd say frustrated is probably more the what you'd see than outright anger if you want to look for anger you know you're going to see it in the one but you tend to associate you know that evidence more with an eight because they tend to react and respond more where the one tries to keep a lid on it uh, tries to you know bottle it up so that they they don't look like a bad person or an angry person so that anger kind of seethes beneath the surface more like resentment or frustration um, Ones, um, you know, can get easily frustrated with other people because other people don't take their responsibilities seriously. And ones do. They live with an inner critic that uh, is constantly berating them to get up earlier, stay later, try harder, accept responsibility, step up to the plate, whatever you want to call it. Ones feel a deep sense of responsibility to, uh, you know, do the right thing, take care of others, um, put their stuff away when they're done. and they really want to broadcast that or or, you know, enforce that. They'd love to see that enforced on everybody. So that anger type, what what it looks like is, you know, people are stupid. that's that's what it means to be an anger type is you kind of live with that with that um, underlying idea is that, People do the wrong thing. So eights want to push them back and work around them and let them know how stupid they are. Nines just kind of accept it and decide that it's best to just try to get along with people even if they infringe on you and do stupid things. Ones really want to organize people, um, manage them, um, broadcast rules and guidelines and laws so that people are then inhibited um, and, you know, can't do stupid things. So let's, let's talk about what it looks like to go to the low side of one, when ones are not doing well, when they're under stress, when they're frustrated, when, they're, when they've hit their limit, okay? What does it look like? Well, they become less able to manage that, um, their, their reactions they're more likely to demonstrate that anger um, when they're under stress because it's harder to keep a lid on it when, uh, when they're frustrated. They've been pushed now uh, into a corner or their backs against the wall or they just feel like you know, they can't keep it together anymore. Um, and so you'll see that anger, that frustration, you know, the lid will come off. And I like to think of ones as being like the volcano where nines are kind of the dormant volcano um, and eights are kind of like those geysers, you know, that just kind of, you know, let off steam uh, constantly. Ones try to keep a lid on it, but when they do explode, it can be, it can be um, very critical, very harsh, very judgmental. Um, and ones can sometimes be unaware at what their anger is doing to people around them or how intense their anger is coming across or the impact of their anger. This can also look just like rigidity and inflexibility. You know, they can kind of pick up that stubbornness of the nine. They can be stubborn, rigid, inflexible. You gotta you got to understand that from a one's perspective, they're right, okay? It's not like, you know, where Some of us might go off, get information, and believe because we've gotten good information that this is the right opinion. Ones are a body type, right? So a body type means it's an intuition. They just know in their gut that they're right. Now, how do you convince them they're wrong? You can't. You know, with, I mean, you could bring a lot of information, a lot of facts, and you could persuade them, but um, they're going to go with their gut. And their gut if they believe their gut is telling them and they believe their gut is a good source of information for them and so if they believe in their gut in other words they just know they just know that this is right and they just know that this is wrong if they just know that something's wrong you can talk as long as you want to talk but you're not going to convince them through your arguments until they internalize it and then in their gut believe that your arguments have won so I guess what I'm saying is um, when ones know they're right, they're going to be really frustrated and upset when you're trying to get them to go against what they know to be right. In fact, they probably won't go against it. They, they, they probably would rather just walk out than, than to go against what they believe is right. They'd just say, I'm done. I'm done. That's probably the response you're going to get is when you keep pushing your agenda on a one and you're trying to push them to go against what they believe in their gut to be right, they're more likely to probably just step aside and say, if that's the way you want it, then just count me out. I can't go along with that. Um, So they become rigid and inflexible uh, when they're upset. And under pressure, they may worry that, you know how can I trust other people to do the job right? And so they may be very skeptical that other people are going to, you know, really put the time, attention, and intensity into getting things right that they would. So they may come across, you know, as um, doubtful as to whether other people are going to be able to maintain the quality that, that they would, that it would be, be hard for because they're going to micromanage. That, that's going to make them micromanagers. Ones are great managers if they can resist the temptation to micromanage. Um, because they want to get in there and they want to make sure things are done correctly. And here and this is kind of the problem is, you know, um, people can't read your mind. And so, you know, I guess one of the questions you want to ask a one to think about is how do you know that your way is the right way? And again, you just know, I get that. But there there are other ways to get, you know, there, what do they say? There's lots of ways to skin a cat. You know, there's other ways to, to get results and to get a project done. And sometimes when the one gets really frustrated, they, they really can't see any other way but their way. And they can become very rigid about that. And that can be difficult to work with. I mean, obviously, it can be difficult to work with because, you know, the rest of us never measure up. And it's, it's not a good feeling to feel like I don't measure up to, and I'm disappointing you all the time. And ones can make you feel like, the, like you're disappointing them all the time because you're not doing things quote-unquote right, which is a nice way of saying their way. And if you can just own that as a one, that what you really mean is my way, then maybe you can relax a little bit and realize that other people have their way of doing things too. Um, the difference is, is you know, most of the other Enneagram types are, are a little more open to, to other people's you know ideas and it might help you to be a little bit more open to other people's ways of doing things. Um, and to just take that into, at least into consideration and be a little more compassionate when dealing with, with other people. It can be hard for ones to then delegate responsibilities. And when you don't delegate responsibilities, then you're just taking, what, responsibility. So you then accept too much responsibility, and that is going to increase your stress, which is going to increase your anger and frustration. So you've got to learn to let people do things in their own way, at least a little bit, their own personality, their own style, and so that you can then trust people to delegate responsibilities, because if you don't, you're gonna get overwhelmed. And when you get overwhelmed, it's not pretty. It's not pretty for you, and it's not pretty for the people that have to work and live with you. Um, it can be um, you know, hard for you to believe that people are capable of meeting your high standards. And the reality is, is maybe they don't need to meet your high standards. Maybe they just need to, maybe this, maybe, okay. Once, just try to capture this thought. Know when good enough is good enough. That's really hard, I know. Know when good enough is good enough. It's never going to get 100%. It's never going to get perfect. It's never going to get exactly the way it ought to be. So maybe it doesn't have to. Maybe you can say that project is 80% what I would do. 80%. But see, if somebody else does it for you and you can trust them to do it, that frees you up to focus on other things. And so... If you've got too many irons in the fire and you got too much going on, then you're likely to, to not get it done perfectly either because you got too many other things to do. So good enough. You know, in, um, in the education world, they'll say 80% is mastery. In other words, if you, if you can master a subject to 80%, then you've mastered the subject. And I think it would be good for ones to sort of relax and say, I don't, everything doesn't have to be perfect. Everything doesn't have to be quote unquote, my way that you know good enough sometimes is is good enough and i just have to sign off on it and let it go because i can't give my time and attention 100% to everything you just can't um you can't give 100% of yourself to work and also 100% of yourself to your family you can't you you got to do some give and take and so you have to set some priorities and say look i'm going to focus the bulk of my attention on this and I just recognize that that means the garage isn't going to get clean this weekend and that's okay. You know, not everything's going to get labeled like I'd like it to be because I need to focus attention on my kids or I need to focus attention on my marriage or I need to focus attention on my spiritual life or I need to focus attention, you know, on, on, my, on my physical health. And, and so sometimes you're going to have to just let some things go. Uh, and that doesn't mean you need to hide them. Because that might be your impulse is, well, I can't let anybody know that all of my life is not organized, perfect, and cleaned up and put away and restored. No, be okay with good enough is good enough. And, you know, there are other things in my life that are priorities and I can't, I can't manage to make everything the way, you know, perfect the way it ought to be. Because you're going to resent people and people will end up resenting you as well. Um, when fours are under a great deal of stress or when ones are under a great deal of stress they kind of move to the low side of, of what it means to be a type four you know, fours are special people and fours, um, their sin is envy okay, fours, you know and we'll talk about fours more in, in the vi- you know, you can go back and you can watch my videos on fours but essentially the four is envious that everybody else seems to fit in know who they are, know their identity and fours kind of feel like they're left out and they feel like they, they aren't connected to the group and they don't fit in, okay, and all those things. When when a one is under a great deal of stress, um, they can kind of look out at everybody else and say, look, everybody else, you know, they get to go home early, not me. I got to stay and I got to get all these papers done. Look, everybody else, you know, they can relax and, and go to the birthday party and, you know, And have a great time not me i gotta stay and i gotta get all this uh you know these numbers sorted out and so they can kind of be envious that everybody else is having a good time everybody else can relax and everybody else can take it easy and everybody else can take you know their full vacation everybody you know they can get sort of that resentful bitter attitude that everybody else has it easy but not me because i wear this label manager or supervisor or whatever it is you've gotten yourself into You know, I wear this label and I've got to do twice as much as everybody else and I can't go home at 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock like everybody else does because somebody's got to make sure, somebody's got to stay, somebody, you know, that's it right there. They go to that low side of 4 and they can become unusually harsh. Uh, Their self-confidence will drop uh, when they're under stress. Um, They may want to escape. Life, You know, fours have a very romantic view uh, as to what life ought to be like. You know, they're going to get swept off their feet and they're going to end up in some mysterious, you know, novel with some kind of exciting romantic, you know. And ones, when they're under stress, they probably sit and look at their screensavers of beach resorts and think, man, why can't I just get away from this? you know, this cold office. Why can't I just get away from all this responsibility and all this headache and go sit on some beach somewhere and just sit in the sun and relax and, you know, and and one can kind of go to that dark, you know, and their darkness, I should say, want to just go off and live some fantasy because this life stinks. You know, this life is terrible. This life is overwhelming and I'm depressed and it's dark and it's gray skies and, never-ending pile of work that needs to be done and if i could just escape and i could just go sit on some beach in some resort somewhere then i could relax and so they kind of have that escapist escape is a mindset you know that the four sort of lives in dissatisfied with life you know dissatisfied with the mundane fours are very dissatisfied with the mundane nature of life And ones can become very dissatisfied with all the mundane tasks and details and responsibilities that they have. Um, They feel like they're enduring and persevering, but they're not really living. They can become oversensitive. Hey, there's something from the four. Fours can be very sensitive. What did you mean by that? What are you implying? What are you saying? And when ones are stressed you know and they're doing their best and they're staying up late trying to get everything you know finished and they they turn it in and somebody looks at their their work and maybe has a little bit of a questionable comment the one might respond with what did you mean by that you know what are you implying what are you are you saying my work isn't living up to standards yeah i think about those apple trees in the wizard of oz are you implying that our apples aren't what they ought to be you know there's the one right there are you implying that my work isn't up to par You know, relax, relax. You know, we're not your enemies. Relax. Get your anger. You're you're letting us see it. You know that's not good. You want to be good. It's not good to get that overwhelmed and that frustrated and that bitter and that angry. Ones can become depressed. You know, think about the four who's. I don't fit in, and so they. They decide to you know wear all black and. And uh, they walk around, melancholy is a key word for fours, melancholy, and they're okay with sadness and despair. And look at that one, you know, everybody else goes to the picnic, but they got to stay on Saturday and get all the work done. And I just wish I could just throw all this and go to the beach somewhere, but I can't. And so now they're frustrated, worried, depressed, um, and... Shameful, ashamed. They're feeling shamed. Shamed. I didn't get this work done. Shame for feeling this way. You know. And four is a shame type. And so when ones are unhealthy, they kind of move to or under stress. Uh, they kind of move to the low side of of four. Kind of the all the bad parts of what it means to be a four. Um, type ones acting out of that lower side can become self-righteous. You know, they can become frustrated when others don't conform to their righteous standards. And righteous, you know, we mean by righteous the way things ought to be, the way things should be. And ones are very keen on oughts and shoulds and prescribing that and forecasting that is the way all people ought to live. I think a lot of ones are probably in law enforcement. You know, because people need to be maintained, people need to be controlled, people need to follow the rules and we'll all be safe and we'll have a better environment, we'll have good neighborhoods, okay? People should be punished for their bad behavior. They, It's, it's, it's not, I think, you know, like an eight could get like antagonistic about people need to be punished for the, what they've done, you know? I think a one is more like matter of fact, like this is what you did and this is the consequences that's the way it is and i think a one's a little less personal about it it's more of a transaction you violated the law and so here's your ticket report to the courthouse there's it's just a transaction you did this so you reap what you sow okay um they can focus a great deal of attention on what others ought to be doing, how others ought to be behaving. They can blame others excessively for what they think is wrong or imperfect. Well, there's, there you go. That's not very encouraging, is it? If you live with a one, you've probably seen all of this and maybe worse. Um, you've, you've seen and heard you know, this frustration. And you try and be sympathetic to it. And that's good. That's all you can do is try and be sympathetic. And once you need to observe this within you and learn to become sympathetic with yourself. Just recognize it and say, oh, here I am again. A one doing one things. And have some compassion for yourself. And say, well, here I go again. A one acting like a one. And then learn to relax and laugh at yourself and just... Feel the peace. Come back. Okay? When you stop taking yourself so seriously. You've got to stop taking yourself and everything so seriously. Good enough is good enough. And I can't get it all done right. So I'll do my best. I'll do my best. I'll do my best. I won't get 100% every time. But I'll do my best. And that's really healing for a one. Now, when a one is doing well when they're healthy and they're not under so much stress and they can relax a little bit they move to the high side of seven. In other words when they get out of the outhouse of, of four, for them the four is an outhouse they're sitting there mad and frustrated everything stinks down in the outhouse I don't have any friends or neighbors down here nobody wants to be with me down here in the outhouse just recognize I'm sitting in an outhouse This isn't my home. I don't have to stay here if I don't want... I can stay here as long as I want. If I want to be mad and angry and frustrated and hurt and shameful and depressed, you can sit in that outhouse as long as you want to. Nobody is going to want to visit you because you're in an outhouse. So when you recognize that you're sitting there, just decide, do I want to stay in this outhouse any longer? If I don't, then maybe I want to go back up to my cabin. And then... When things are really good and you, you relax, you can go on all the way up to the top of the hill, to the orchard, and pick some of the fruit from the seven. Yay! Well, let's talk about what that looks like. When a one is really healthy and can relax, um, on the high side, type ones become more self-aware, more supportive of others, more um, inspiring, more funny, funny. Relaxed, compassionate, and even heroic. Um, one strive to be virtuous and to be good people. They want to do a good job, and they want to look good. Um, but not in the same sense like a three. They want to look like they're good people. They don't necessarily do things to be seen by others, um, but they want to have integrity. There you go. They want to be seen as people of integrity. Um, but they don't necessarily need everybody's applause. Just a simple pat on the back saying, "Hey, you did a great job. That's probably enough to propel a one to keep going. They don't need, you know, your giant words of, accol- of, of accolades or, or admiration. Just just a recognition that they did a good job. Emotionally intelligent ones temper their seriousness about quality and standards with a balance toward levity and humor. Okay, so they're not... In other words, they lighten up. They lighten up. And they start to laugh at themselves, at their work, at others, and they bring a little more levity into the situation. They dedicate themselves to... Um, and their, their strong commitment and hard work and success to the organization and not just what a great job I did. But they, they, they tend to, you know, think more in terms of the whole group and, and of, of, of the team. And they can moderate their need to be right and listen to more ideas and to listen to other people's perspective. They can, um, when they get in touch with their anger, they cannot be so angry Now, that sounds strange, doesn't it? But when you get in touch with your anger and you recognize, man, I'm angry right now, then you can kind of let off some of that anger and not be so angry with yourself and so judgmental and harsh with yourself and with others and and learn to channel it more constructively into into, um, more productivity. Um, They can laugh at themselves and soothe their inner critic and have compassion on themselves and others. When they're healthy, um, their, their critic, their inner critic gets a little bit less, a little quieter and they uh, kind of hush that inner critic. They open up, like a seven, they open up to more variety and more possibilities and more alternate ways of doing things. One of the things that's true about sevens is they look for variety. They want to sample everything. They want to try everything in life. Ones don't. Ones like what they like and that's it. But when ones are healthy and relaxed, they can take on a little bit of that sampling attitude saying, well maybe my way is not the best way. Maybe there are something better than, maybe there's another way or alternate way. I should listen to other people's opinions. I should hear what else is out there, what else I might be missing. I might I might grow by finding out how others think this ought to be done. So they open up to a wider variety of possibilities. um, And their black and white rigidity, right and wrong, black and white, becomes more like a seven, more gray, more grayscale. You know, I hate to say it, but sevens live with, the because I am a seven, sevens live with the mentality that whatever helps you sleep at night who am I to say? You do you. Right? And ones don't. They don't live that way. They don't think that way. They think in right is right and wrong is wrong. Okay, I can appreciate that. But when ones are healthy and less under stress, they kind of adopt a little bit more of that seven-ist, seven-ish way of thinking of saying, other people have a right to do things their way. Other people you know, it's not my business, it's to each his own, live and let live, whatever, however you want to say it, is the black and white rigidity becomes a little bit more grayscale. They become more optimistic. Sevens live in optimism. Sevens, it's always half full, right? Sevens uh, will reframe everything into a positive way of looking at life. They want to stay away from sadness. And sevens have their own weaknesses, which we'll talk about in the seven video. But for ones, instead of getting frustrated and angry and upset and I can't trust people and this isn't gonna work out right and they're not gonna do it right, everything's gonna be wrong, it's all gonna fail. if I don't give 110%, they can relax a little bit and they become a little more optimistic and they start reframing things in the more positive way of looking at it. They become more optimistic. They become more spontaneous. Sevens are spontaneous. Let's do this, let's do that, let's do this, let's do that, let's go now, right now, right now. And ones can become a little more spontaneous when they are not under the gun, when they're not so under pressure. They can become more spontaneous, more optimistic, more fun-loving, more easygoing, um, and a pleasure to be around without the negatives of the seven. Uh, they can become more upbeat Uh, more humorous not take themselves so seriously willing to let themselves look foolish like a seven and be a little bit of a clown and Bring a little bit of the beach to the office bring a little bit of the vacation to the family and to the office So I've enjoyed this video. I hope you have too. Uh, I hope it's encouraging to you if you're a seven observe yourself Let yourself um, relax uh, realize you're never gonna get it 100% perfect, do your best. Leave the results. It's not gonna be the end of the world if everything isn't put away perfectly, done perfectly. No matter how perfect it is, one day you're gonna lay this life down and it's gonna be over. So you can't fix everything. <laughs> you can't um, you know, stop every bad thing from happening. And uh, think about the life you wanna live. And, uh, you know, the people that you want to share it with. And you know, they don't always need a dad looking over their shoulders, you know, ready to scold them for any little infraction that they might occur. They also want a friend and a playmate, and somebody to laugh with. And all that is in you. It is. It's in you. You know it's there. You just gotta uh, let it come forth. Let it shine forth. All right, one, it's a great personality. We're glad you're on the team and uh, be present to life. Don't be so frustrated over over everything that isn't done exactly right, quote unquote, your way, that you can't be present and accept things the way they are and even enjoy things that it may be done differently than the way you would do it. All right, I'll see you guys next time. Blessings.